Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Two Prayers. Damn, this hard didn't look. Welcome to Two Player Bros. I'm Mike, and with me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah. I've been listening to this show for a year now. I, I, I thought it was the other way around. I'm doing all right, Dave. How are you doing? Not bad. Thanks what? for enjoying the show. Anytime. <laughs> I know you, your hands were uh, occupied there. Right. <laughs> How you been doing this week? What have you been playing? What have you been up to? Video game wise. Uh, everything's so different now. <laughs> uh, just been playing a lot of Outriders. That's pretty much it. Not a lot going on. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I wanted to play Outriders. I didn't really have much of a chance. And the one time I was going to, I read an article that the servers were down. And I thought that affected single player, which apparently it did not. No, so I didn't play it. Single players on servers. It's oh, so a, it does affect it? Okay, because I was reading really, multiplayer is messed up, but single player seems to be fine. Uh, is maybe, it just matchmaking that was messed up then at some maybe, point? Maybe, but I know you have to you have to sign in every time you want to play, even if it's single player. It's very frustrating. I remember the demo had issue the first couple of days. Yeah. I think it's weird that they had issues again opening up after the demo. thought they would have figured that out by now. Yeah, what but are you going to do? It seems to be every like, consistently online game has issues, you know, right off the bat with server issues. It just seems to be the norm. You just yeah. kind of have to grin and bear it. Yeah, no, nothing out of the norm. It's just business as usual. So I have not really played much of Outriders outside of the demo yet, but you have. How are you liking it? Or have your thoughts changed since the demo? Are they expanded? Are they worse, better? Uh, no, no. I, I, it pretty much matches what I was anticipating. Um, the game, I think it's a bit more fun than the demo. Now that I'm later in the game, I think I'm like level 20. I'm pretty deep in. Um the game gets more fun as you get more powerful. Obviously it's, it's a game all about your power level. So once you get the lots of like different mods and stuff for your, uh, your abilities and you just start to feel really, really powerful. It's a good time. 10 to 13 hours in still couldn't tell you what the story was. Don't really, <laughs> don't really know what's going on in this game, but it is, it's a blast. It's a good time. Would you, now we were comparing, well, I was comparing it to like division meets mass effect meets, you know, all these different games. Having played it more, would you say 
any of those comparisons are fair or would you say it's like kind of it's whole own different things or uh i would not none of the, it's the closest equivalent would be gears of war but if instead of gears in, if instead of cover it was all about just getting up in the enemy's face immediately mm-hmm. um i don't really get the vibes that I was getting originally like division, like destiny, you really don't catch them. All the missions are like super linear. They're all just like, you know, you know, you know, like walk up to an area, fight the arena worth of enemies, enemies, walk through another straight area, get to another arena of of enemies. Very, very like, you know, PS2, PS3 game design, (laughs) but it's just like a super polished version of that. I don't really understand why this game is online at all it's a very single player game from what i've been playing i'm sure it's a lot of fun to play with other players but i just mean like there is no like hub world or anything like that um so i'm not really sure why it's always online but it's 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 a lot of fun i'm gonna keep playing i'm gonna be playing it for a long time i think nice we'll see what the end game's like once i get there but yeah now, the one thing that excited me about the game, which I didn't see much of in terms of the demo, was the the all the loot looked really cool and really interesting. And I'm not really usually a loot guy, but the the aesthetics and the mods and stuff that you could get looked really cool. Do you agree with that? Like that the loot is really good in this game? Um, I honestly I don't really love the aesthetic of the loot and most of the gear. Everything looks uh I don't know, like primal but also futuristic in a weird way that i don't really dig doesn't really vibe with me but as far as like the cool different like attributes that your stuff can get through the loot there's a lot of really cool stuff in there and it's got one of like the best mod systems of any game i've ever played like where if i get a weapon that has a certain mod on it that's my mod now and i don't need to just use it on that gun i can just you know pull that mod once i have that mod in my library once i've unlocked it Mm -hmm. i can just go to a crafts uh like a craftsman guy and put that mod on any gun i have now so it's like it's great because like i've like i've got a mod that lets me use my earthquake ability twice like i gotta like a i punch the ground and do like a shockwave i've got a mod that lets me do it twice before it has to recharge it's on my like gloves or whatever it's on that is like a really important mod to my character the way he's playing like it's it's a ton of damage output. Right. I was watching you play. You were doing that all the time. Yeah. So it would really suck if those were on gloves that were like level 13 gloves, but then I kept leveling up. I got to 16 or 17 and I, and I was dealing with another mod. So it, it's really cool that I've been able to like find the mods that work for me and just carry them over from gear to gear and just like stop at the craftsman guy real quick and throw the mods that I need onto my new gear. Like every, every hour or so I just kind of stop back in at the main camp and just check the mods and put everything I need onto my current gear. So sometimes I'll lose it for a little bit. If I, if I decide to equip new gear, like mid mission, Mm -hmm. but as soon as the mission's over, go back to the camp, you know, move all the good mods forward with me. I know there's a limit to how many like weapons and armor pieces you can carry on you at any time. Is there any limit to the mods you have on you or is there like a storage container you get in the hub world? It's like a library of mods. Like literally once you have a mod unlocked, it's yours forever. It's yours forever. You can see a big catalog of every mod you've ever unlocked and just pick it. Right. But weapons and armor, you only have a certain amount of that you can carry, right? 
yeah, it's like more than destiny, but it, it's very similar to destiny as far as like the equipping and unequipping your gear and like how many you can carry at a time. You have a stash in your base that you can put oh, you shit do? if okay. you want. But it's a, uh, but again, because you can just move mods from every, because yeah, you, you can delete put whatever you mod, you want, mod you want in any gun, you don't really need a bunch of gear. You just need, you know, one gun, I guess like whatever guns you like, you just need like one of each of them. But like, you're not going to be like, Oh, I really want to hold on to this because it has X because you can put X on anything. Right. So there's no need to like hoard old shitty gear that you plan on like tearing up as you go or anything like that. You could do that too. You could take your gear. And if you really like it, you could spend resources to level the gear up or like even improve the rarity to turn it from a green to a blue, to a purple, to a gold or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you don't need to, but it is cool that that's there as well. If, If you are into a certain aesthetic, on your character, you can, you know, keep leveling up, keep leveling up that gear. So you don't have to replace it randomly. It doesn't, there's no transmog right now. So you can't just like choose what, you know, a lot of games have been doing, like you could choose what you want to look like, but it's not actually the gear you're wearing. You just change the appearance of the gear you're wearing. So there's nothing like that, but it is cool that you can spend the resources to bring the gear with you as you level up. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Really does seem like a lot of like play your way kind of a stuff, which I I really like. Yeah. The difficulty is it's pretty hard. Um, it's hard, but fair and fun. And you saw me dying a bunch of, this is the yeah. first, this is the first mission where like, I really am like having a lot of trouble. I just been playing at like whatever the highest world tier is. The world tier is like the, your a difficulty, I guess. But what's interesting is like, if I ever feel like I'm struggling, I have the option to just with the two clicks of a button, turn down the difficulty and they don't, they don't do it in a way that makes it feel like, I'm copping out or anything. Yeah. It just seems like it's like a natural part of the game. I haven't had to do it yet, but like, it's just so tempting to do it all the time because it seems like such an easy thing to do. It's probably, honestly, I'm probably struggling right now in this fight for no reason because I am moving through gear so quickly. There's no real reason to play on the hardest difficulty. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be level 30 at the end anyway. Yeah, so unless you, you're, you once get, you get to the end game, then it make, makes sense. Yeah, because like right now I'm, I'm running through so much gear anyway. Like every mission, I'm changing my gear out several times. So I don't even know if it makes sense to be playing on the hardest difficulty. I don't know. But That's cool. It's fun though. About it's, how, it's a fun challenge. I mean, you're level twenty, so you're pretty much two thirds of the way through the game. Then thirty is the cap. Yeah, I've done a lot of the side missions and stuff though, so I don't know where I am like main story wise gotcha. or anything. Uh, but. It, there is no story in this game. It's that's, that's the one thing I've been surprised about is just how little story there is. Um, I'm to the point where like, I don't even want to watch the the (laughs) cutscenes. It's like, I'm just like, let's just keep going. Like I, I know I need to blow the people up with the skull faces and that's what I'm doing. You know, very, no, the enemy types kind of suck. It's literally every enemy is either a default human guy or these like little creepy monster guys. But that's it. Like there's two, like there's like, <laughs> there's two factions and like maybe like four or five different enemy models per faction. Um, but the game is just so much fun that it doesn't even bother me. I'm just, just steamrolling along. <laughs> doesn't hurt that it was free. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's great that it's free. But I told you I was going to buy it and get yeah. I bought it. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? If it ever drops off Game Pass, you've always got it. Yeah, no, I, I've been excited for this game since like October is when I was finally like, oh my God, this it's coming up. Um, 
end of this, their small studio. I was like, you know, I'm just going to a smaller studio. I'm like, I'm just going to buy the game just to. Oh, that's very I nice. was planning to buy it anyway. So nice of you, Dave. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> so right now, obviously you recommend Outriders. Oh yeah, absolutely. All yeah. Of its, now, a lot of people, like you seem to be having a lot of fun with, but a lot of people seem to be giving it mixed reviews. I mean, I think. Uh, have, my, you, have you read any of those yet? The mixed reviews for it? No, but the re- the review I'm giving you. is very is, is glo- it, is glowing. It's glowing because it's great, but also it's a. This is a very mixed review, Mike. (laughs) Game's got a, it's got a, the story, the voice acting, it's, it's bad. (laughs) Um, You are saying the levels are very straightforward and the PlayStation 2-ness of it, that kind of is a turnoff. Not a, not a lot going on in the level design. It just feels really good. And again, if you've listened to the podcast before, how a game feels is like everything to me. Right. And it feels really good. It's not, it's not a 10 of 10. It's not a nine of 10. It's, I mean, honestly, like if you really want to get like critical, it's probably not even an eight, but it's, <laughs> but it's a good fucking time. <laughs> uh, now, do you think that's probably the reason it got the game pass? Do you think that people can fly kind of realized that was going to be the review? Probably it went, eh, let's put it out there for free. It might get people more interested. I don't know. I mean, like we've, we went over this on the last episode, didn't we? Or a couple episodes ago. We did ago. a little bit, but we didn't know what the game final game was going to get like review wise and all that. Cause people seem to really like the demo, but then the reviews came out. It was kind of middle of the road. I haven't read any of the reviews. So maybe this game's getting trashed and I don't realize it, but I've, I have not seen any like complete trash the, review. They're all just kind of like sixes and sevens and stuff on like a, that. On other podcasts and stuff. Like I feel like I'm in a lot of ways, just parroting the Everybody same else. things that they're saying. Like, I think everyone's in agreement that this game is, not great, but it's fucking awesome. Like I think every, <laughs> I think everyone's kind of in that same place. It's just where you would critically place that in is, is where you're probably finding your discrepancies as far as like people who think this game is an eight point five versus the people that think this game is a seven point two or whatever. Right. Um. Again, I don't. I don't care <laughs> about scores in the least. It's why I fight. I've fought with you for a while about making sure we don't do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. Cause who the fuck am I to tell you numerically how good this game is? It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, well, I think that's interesting because a lot of people were saying how great the demo was and stuff like that. Cause the game felt good, but then they played the game and it's the straightforwardness of the, of the levels and stuff. Although from the, the demo, you could kind of get that the story was going to be garbage. This game is the demo. Like what you played in the demo is this game, except it's you a, get more powerful and you get more powerful. More fun, so yeah. it's more fun. Like it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I guess the demo is a little bit deceptive with the prologue because the prologue does allude to maybe more of like a mass effecty vibe, like a story going on with yeah. like talking to the different people in your camp and everything and seeing what's going on and what they're, what's up with their lives. So I guess that doesn't last long. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys around here. You just there. really don't want to. <laughs> no interest. <laughs> I get that. But you don't, you don't really have like a party or anything. You're not getting like the backstories of these people. There's a couple guys in your camp that come with you, but I don't know. They're, you're just living your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I got no more questions for you. That's all your honor. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's on Game Pass. I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, another big Game Pass get within the same month. MLB The Show is coming to Game Pass. Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> we were just talking about how MLB The Show is coming to Xbox in general. What do you think about that? Uh, that's great. 
That was pretty I, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to download it. That one I'm not going to pay for. I, I know that as soon as I saw it, I immediately uh, texted you the link, which you, I guess you had already seen, but mm. I was like, wow. Not only no, is I, a, I hadn't seen it when you texted me. Oh, you me. hadn't seen it? No. But um, I was very confused when you sent that to me. <laughs> I just thought it was wild when I saw it. Like, not only is a PlayStation game coming to Xbox, but it's going to be free on Xbox's service. And I think it's funny that uh, I think it was yesterday or this morning, PlayStation came out and said, like you had thought, yeah, that was all MLB's idea. That wasn't our idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. So I guess Sony publishes the show on PlayStation, but it's going to be the MLB publishing it on Xbox. I don't know why that's the case. I don't know if Sony was like, just didn't have interest in publishing on Xbox or, or what? I think that's foolish for Sony. Well, I, I don't, maybe like they don't publish games normally off of their own platform, right? So they don't normally. Yeah. I don't know if they're just not like, like equipped as a business to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know why MLB would be the one to publish it on Xbox or if Sony is like just that stubborn that they just don't want their name on the Xbox platform. I don't, I don't know. See, that's what's kind of weird is because Microsoft obviously loves their name on other platforms, like in terms of like if you boot up Minecraft on PlayStation or on Switch or anything like that. Sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's what they you get said. that Microsoft Game Studios opening. It's what they said, like, you know, a year, two years ago now where it's they know that Xbox as a service line is more important than, you know, their hardware. Right. Um, you know, and it's also like they said like, a couple of years ago. Where he's like, honestly, we don't see PlayStation as a competition. It's the other streaming services that are, you know, uh, our competition in the future, you know? So it's just different business philosophies, I guess, you know, PlayStation has been in the lead for a long time. It's what's working for them. So why would they change it? And they probably aren't going to change it until, uh, honestly, they're probably thinking about changing some things now just because Microsoft's been getting so much good press right off of all the game pass stuff and the Bethesda purchase and just a bunch of stuff. Sure. I mean, you'll still see the PlayStation logo on it because PlayStation was still the, it's still the developer on it. It's PlayStation. It's just San Diego. San Diego? I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if the studio is called Sony Stan, San Diego. I thought or... it was Sony San Diego. I got to look it up. Hold on. Cause like Santa Monica is just Santa Monica, right? Sony isn't part of their name. Yeah, I mean, it's just Santa they Monica. They are a Studios, Sony yeah. studio. I don't know what San Diego is like. You're right. It's just San Diego studio. You'll probably see that. I, I'm curious if you'd even see a Sony logo on it. I guess Interesting. We'll, we'll find out when. Uh, like, I get that they don't want to share their stuff. I'm sure you'll see like some sort of like trademark. Yeah, just having the Sony name on something that you have that's Microsoft. And yet you play a game that's a Sony game. And you're like, wow, this game's really good. Might make you or the average person who maybe only buys sports games go. Maybe let me check out something else at that Sony. Oh, my buddy always talked about how good are the Uncharted games are or something like that. It doesn't hurt to just have your name out there to people that might not normally see it. I said, I don't know. But yeah. Who knows what they, what their plans are. I mean, the only, the only reason I'm sure the only reason they're even putting on Xbox is because MLB said like, if you want to keep the license, you know, we got to go to other platforms. Yeah. Well, that's what Sony basically said. MLB's idea is to have their name on multiple platforms to as many fans of baseball as possible. Mm -hmm. well, that's not a bad idea. It makes sense. But uh, I don't know. I don't know why Sony always comes across as kind of stubborn and very isolated. They just seem like a much more isolated company than say, like, Nintendo or Xbox. 
Although you, Nintendo seems to be like isolated too, but what do you mean by isolated? Just in terms of like Sony doesn't want to work, they don't want to do the crossplay together. They don't want to work. They don't want to do Xbox Game Pass on their system or streaming or. Oh yeah, I, I don't think that's just a PlayStation thing. I think Nintendo is very similar to them in that regard. I think Nintendo has a little bit more give, but yes, they're both very. I don't know. Like what? In what way would you see? Nintendo being like more willing to work with other people. Well, I know Nintendo has worked with Microsoft before on a couple of different things. Like um, I don't remember. I know that when Microsoft were trying to get like Game Pass onto Switch, they were tied. They at least had talks. Uh, they had, but it didn't get anywhere. Didn't get anywhere. <laughs> they had talks about. I, I honestly don't know. I feel like I'm talking out my ass, but I know there's, there was a situation that I just can't remember where they were dealing with each other. There's banjo. <laughs> <laughs> there is banjo. <laughs> Uh, and then there was, you know, the Cuphead and Ori and those kind of games coming to Switch. I think that might be what I'm but thinking of. That's more Microsoft working with Nintendo than the other way around. It's just Microsoft publishing their shit elsewhere. And why would Nintendo? True. Why would Nintendo not want to have more games stuff. on their platform if they're offered? That's true. But you don't see, you know, you don't see Mario coming to to Microsoft. Or no, like but that, you don't you see know? Master Chief coming to, you know, Switch either. You might. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That'd be weird. Spartan Assault's got to go somewhere. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I am kind of excited to play the show. Obviously, I probably won't play it for too long because I was not good at MLB The Show 19 at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to play it. I'll get pretty into it for a while, I'm sure. It's got crossplay too, which is cool. Mm. Bigger pool of people that you could play with. I'm just going to play by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing is... Did you hear about Apex Legends Season 9? Uh, no, don't know anything about it. So Apex Season 9 is going to have apparently a lot of Titanfall stuff because obviously Respawn is the developers of Apex Legends. They created the Titanfall series before that, Titanfall 1 and 2. And people were asking them about... Well, Apex is in the Titanfall universe. Right, which I actually didn't know. Yeah, yeah so it's been. It, it takes place after the wars of Titanfall. So Apex's game director, Chad... Grenier, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, said that Apex was going to get some really cool Titanfall stuff. He actually said next season, season nine, you're actually going to see a ton of Titanfall content coming back into the game in one way or another. That kind of has me excited to kind of jump back into Apex Legends because I, I played the first, I don't even know if it was considered a full season one back when we were playing it. Uh, if it was just I mean, I, the I, game. We were never playing it. Did we, did we play together at we all? We played together a couple times. Like a match or two? Because I uh, think I only played the game like a couple nights. two or three times. Yeah. couple nights, Mike. couple nights. couple, couple nights. Mm. <laughs> I was playing a little bit while longer than that. And I, I was really enjoying myself. I thought the game felt really good. Um, and I mean, I stopped playing because you were more into Fortnite and stuff like that. And I started playing more Fortnite and then I just kind of played other games. But the promise of Titanfall content makes me want to play the game a little bit more because I love Titanfall. But like um, what, what Titanfall content? I, so is, thing, is I don't know. Oh, this is a gun from Titanfall. Like isn't I'm hoping for Titans, but obviously that might you, be a little bit more than what you're going to get. You're, you're not going to get, I don't think you're going to get Titans. Maybe you get a character that has some sort of Titan as uh, an ultimate, mm -hmm. but not like, not like the game, not like where you can, you know, use it forever. Like as literally like maybe like a Titan drops down and then, you know, unleashes a volley on an area or something like something like that. You yeah. Know? Maybe you get like a Titan, a Titan pilot who can wall run as an ability, but that would require like massive map changes, like not map changes, but like it would only be good 
in certain areas. In certain areas of the map. Right. I don't know, it's, it would still be cool, I guess. I don't I don't really know what Titanfall content is gonna look like. So yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to see what it is, but I doubt it's what yeah, I doubt it's anything that's gonna make you excited. I don't but I don't we'll, know. Well, we'll I am excited, but it might disappoint me. I mean, when you see it, <laughs> yeah, you're not, I'd, we'll see what it is, but I doubt you'll be like, yeah, I'm coming it. back. Yeah. I, I would like to get back into it, but that, that might be the, if it is cool content, that might be the push I need to try it out again because I have not played it since, you know, it first came out and I was playing it for a good month or two. And then I just kind of went, yeah. okay. Like may, maybe I I don't even remember the name of the level, but the, the demo level from the first titanfall game like oh, that city yeah yep maybe like a location that's uh, that's very closely based on a titanfall map just like you know the... one location on the map or something that'd be kind of cool but it, it still wouldn't drive me to like try it out it. again yeah that would that would make sense because that's very similar to what activision does with modern warfare and stuff like that adding certain you know levels to the battle royale map that are like oh and here's that little section from modern warfare or call mm-hmm. go cold war and stuff like that oh yeah I feel bad that I can't remember the name of that level. Uh, yeah. Mumbai? I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. I, I played it a ton. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do really want to try to get back into that. I am very excited for Titan more Titanfall stuff because I, I would like to see a Titanfall 3. I didn't play Titanfall 2 enough, mostly because the main menu system was garbage and kind of scared me out of the game. But I would want to play more Titanfall. Yeah, line. everyone tells me Titanfall 2 is like one of the best shooters, you know, of the generation. And I just, even it's just a single player campaign. I just, I don't know. I can't bring myself to play it. I don't know. I remember getting the game, being really excited, seeing the main menu, and it just looked like garbage. And I didn't understand where I was going. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> what I should have done next is brought up that the fact that apparently people are, there's a lot of rumor going on that. EA Dice's Battlefield 6 is not going to be like a EA Game Pass game that you get, you know, six months down the line for free. It's going to be free right off the bat and added to Game Pass immediately. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so a lot of... Uh, so you think you get Battlefield the, 6 will be day one? Day on one EA Play on Game Pass instead of how you usually wait six months for EA Play games to become free. Mm-hmm. This will be day one automatically on Game Pass. Where is that coming from? Uh, this is from the Xbox-centric play podcast, Xbox Era, where a commentator revealed that Battlefield 6 could be coming to Xbox Game Pass at launch. So I guess it's just a, a leaker. And that a Battlefield leaker, Thomas Henderson, threw his weight behind the comment from the podcast host in a tweet that simply used the Robert Redford nodding gif, saying, yes, it will happen. So, I don't know, leakers sometimes get it right, they also sometimes get things wrong. It might be discussions that are happening and aren't going to come to fruition, but that could be big, especially with Battlefield 5 being really not that great. I mean, pushing Battlefield 6, if it is good to try to get people more interested in Battlefield again, because I don't think you're going to have great sales for 6 after, you know, the really mediocre game that was 5. Yeah, 5 definitely went like, you know, under the radar. I think think a lot of their issue was they were talking about this Battle Royale mode and then the Battle Royale mode didn't launch with the game. And that battle royales were everything at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of like just like kind of put the fire out, some pun intended, <laughs> um, you know, for the entire game. Yeah. It also just as a game didn't feel 
complete to begin with. It felt like it was missing modes. It felt the maps felt uninspired. The graphics just seemed way worse than Battlefield 1, which had come out three or four years before it. And it just, the maps were very linear, as I remember. There were a couple of okay maps, but a lot of it felt like you were playing a game that wasn't Battlefield. It wasn't about these big war-torn maps. <laughs> well, there were a couple of maps that were pretty cool. It was me. I never played it. <laughs> Nor should you have. It was bad. Yeah, that, that would be cool if they were able to, you know, kind of like promote Battlefield 6 that way. Because I feel like it has lost a lot of a lot of momentum that they had, you know, like in the bad company days going all the way up until Battlefield 1. Um, yeah. It's it's weird how it's kind of like. It just, just takes one bad so game quick. to really kill something. Yeah. Yeah. No, which is sad because Battlefield One is one of my favorites. I don't, I don't, I don't hear any like buzz about like a new Battlefield game. Anyone like clamoring for that? You know, I don't know. I've read a couple of articles talking about how big the matches will be, and that uh, it'll use some kind of new physics engine. But other than that, yeah, you don't get a lot of people like really leaking anything because no one's really uh, listening. I just mean like general, general sentiment. Sub- I don't public. see people excited for it. the idea of a Battlefield Six. So. I think battle royales also kill like the idea of, I mean, you get Fortnite, Fortnite will put planes or cars in sometimes modern warfare has a battle royale where you can't do tanks, but there are other cars and Jeeps and helicopters and all that crap. Like that's what people I think want right now and are used to already huge battles. So battlefield shtick is kind of no longer a, a shtick that you can really. It's old. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I thought that was pretty interesting. More games on Game Pass and uh, more stuff about EA Play. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, rumors are rumors. <laughs> and then the last thing is that E3 has announced that they are actually going to do a show this year. It's going to be digital, but they are going to do a show, which a lot of people were thinking that maybe there wouldn't be a show or whatever because they had to cancel their physical show and didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I guess Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Brothers Interactive, and uh, I'm going to say this name, Coach Media, Cock Media, as confirmed as they're Coke. coming. Coach, yep. Coke. Coke. Uh, nothing Coke. from Sony, Coke. but why would Sony show up? They've done their state of play thing now for your days of whatever the hell they call their thing for like two or three years now. Side, uh, other than that. But EA is ba- or E3 has basically said it was going to be a more insider type show now with a few reveals uh, from big headliners and stuff like that, but it's going to be a little different than you're used to with all a ton of big reveals. Wait, excuse, what was it going to be? I'm it's going to be more like an insider thing. I guess they said, what does that mean? Uh, let me, let me give you the exact, exact quote. Well, it's going to be a live press conference and a four day long video stream, a reimagined and hyper engaged digital experience. The ESA president, Stanley Pierre Luce, uh issued a press release to say, we are evolving this year's E3 into a more inclusive event but will still look to excite the fans with major reveals and insider opportunities that make this event the indispensable center stage for video games. So inclusive to me means it more like, all right, maybe not insta like insiders of the people, but more indie games than usual. Like a PAX, I guess. I don't understand any of the words you're saying. So it's, <laughs> it, when you say insider, I think more like, oh, it's just for media, but this is, this right, is I said the wrong way. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. More inclusive. So that to me what would mean like indie games and stuff like that. Less big stuff. Oh, see, I just take that as more accessible. Oh, because everyone it's, can it's kind literally of watch it. Anyone with Twitch is included or whatever whatever platform they're on. 
whether it costs, you have to buy a digital ticket or whatever, right. you know. I would wonder if they're going to do the same thing that, was it Xbox who did it, where they had the um, independent game thing where they had like 30 or 40 demos? Yeah, I hope, I was really excited for that from Nintendo, uh, from Xbox last year. And it was fun to go through them for, you know, a couple hours, but like, there wasn't anything like really exciting in there, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd love to see, you know, the big companies do something similar, you know, put, you know, demos of, you know, the games coming out, just like, you know, small vertical slices even of the games. Yeah. And just like, Hey, new demo for this new demo for this new demo for this. They could all be timed or whatever. Like, you know, you know, just for this one week, here's a bunch of demos or something. Um, Cause I ultimately, I don't think last year was great for like, games media when it came to the big reveals and stuff, you know, right. I, I, I know a lot of people talk about how E3 is dying and everything, but I really like the whole focus show. And I wasn't, I didn't even really know that I liked it. I didn't really know that until it wasn't there last year. Mm-hmm. And, th- and even still like just thinking back on it. So I'm really like, it would have been nice to have like a, that E3 week, you know, where everything's coordinated. They tried to do things like the, the summer games fest from Jeff Keeley, but that was more like a bulletin board than it was like an actual, you know, designed. It's like celebration show. and show of games. Yeah. It, that was more just like a, Hey, these people are doing this at this point we found out. So you can see like a list of all the announced stuff or whatever, but it wasn't like a coordinated effort among studios to, to, you know, showcase their games you know, and kind of like elevate the entire medium of video games the way like an E3 does, you know? Right. So I, I, I would love to see them be a little more interactive with do, do something digital and more interactive, but also with that like prestige of a major media event, you know? So yeah. I don't really know what I'm saying, but. No, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the idea of having the demos that you would play on the game floor normally, if you had a ticket to E3, that everyone could play would be awesome because mm. so often I look at them playing it from like this, from the videos and going, man, I, I'd like to be there playing that. Yeah. I, I assume it's going to be like a, a ticketed event still that their digital thing. Did they say anything about that? They did not say anything about that. I mean, I'd buy it if it was for demos and for maybe some panels you don't normally get to get on. I, if it was cheap enough, I'd get a ticket. Does E3 do panels typically, or would that just have to be part of their new they don't typically do pan. They do closed door panel events, but they don't typically do many of them. Mm. Um, but usually, like iGen or, or Games Radar or something, will get invited into a closed door thing where they talked about how they made this game or this new game engine coming out. It'll be a panel kind of discussion. Gotcha. But they could a- always add more of that. I mean, you, when we went to PAX, there were a bunch of them. Not yeah, a lot. yeah. No, I know yeah. PAX does panels. PAX is you know made of panels. I just didn't know that E three was doing panels. It just doesn't seem like it's part of their vibe yeah well they're not i call them panels but they're really more less panels because panels are more of a discussion they're more talking at a smaller group of people about their new thing but it could it's not necessarily a game it could be a new engine or a new this or that and stuff like that panel s but there's not like a question and answer kind of hey fans or jump joined into this whole thing it's just like a presentation yeah 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 that's the word i didn't say (laughs) um but yeah, that'd be really cool. I wouldn't mind that. I'd spend, you know, $30, 40 on a ticket if it meant, you know, however many demos. But 
maybe probably twenty dollars would be more of what I want. I would spend seven dollars. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my price point. I don't know if it'd be seven dollars. Well, then I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I got really to talk about in terms of news stuff that came out. I don't know if you had any other big news events that came this week in terms nope. of games. Uh, I will say Pac-Man 99 came out today, which I have not tried yet. I'm downloading it now. I do really want to try that. Sounds really fun. You and 98 other people play Pac-Man until uh, you become the Pac-Man champion. I am not going to do well because I'm not very good at Pac-Man, but I'm going to try my hardest. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like Tetris 99? Yeah. Weird. Is everyone on the same map or no? No. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also bought Star Citizen. So I'm interested to try the game after all like the bad press and the trials and tribulations it's gone through, but it does look like a really good game or it could become a really good game. So I, I definitely want to try that and give my impressions on that. Maybe next week's episode. Cool. <laughs> Do you not know anything about Star Citizen? Nope. Oh. You should look it up. It looks looks like it could be the most amazing game ever or the biggest Ponzi scheme ever. It uh, sounds like a game that wants me to fly something. It's flying or a first person shooter. Oh, well, I definitely don't want to fly. I definitely don't want to fly. <laughs> I'll fly you around, dude. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll talk about stuff next week. For two player bros, I'm Mike. And that's Dave. Or is it the other way around? Stay safe. Keep on gaming.